The Arts Explanatory Comma Podcast, where art meets the real world and both sides get a better understanding of the whole picture. This podcast may contain strong language and listener discretion is advised. As we sit here, we are excited to be interviewing Mr. Brian Ellison. Not because I've known Brian for 10 years, not because he's like a brother to me, but because Brian is one of those people that has done what many say they want to do. They want to become an artist. They want to do something creative. They want to express themselves in a creative medium. Brian was able to do that and is able to do that. And in the process, stave off the negativity of many people around him, myself included. Mark was a hater. I wasn't exactly a hater, but I was, I, w- I was, I was, I was, I thought I was trying to be a friend, but what I was was an overzealous art student. Okay. <laughs> I was an overzealous art student, too busy in class listening to people's opinions of what art is supposed to look like, how it's supposed to be created, which stagnated me. Ironically, (laughs) but actually being able to say no to that, Brian has been able to, he's this past uh, spring, he was in the most recent um, uh, round of Project Row Houses. He also had his uh, short film shown at the Museum of Fine Arts, Houston, which is a dope film. Kid, I, I'm, I don't want to mess up the title. A I know day in a, a day in a tray. I was about to say a day in third war. See, that's why. Same thing. Close, but you know, yeah. say mm, doesn't feel the same. Matter. Titles matter. Yes, he's 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 had his work shown in Project Row House Museum of Fine Arts. Um, I was able to witness his first gallery show. Mm. That was just months after my first gallery show. Yeah. And thanks to all of that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful art school training. My first show was absolute trash. It was not trash. And I go to Brian's show, and I was so envious. It was so dope. There was so much work there. Like, just so much. And that's what I think is the most important thing about talking to Brian. Because Brian works. Brian works his ass off in a very intuitive way. Uh, he continues to be himself through the media medium of photography and he shows the beauty and the ugliness that is the black community, the black experience. Um, right now he's working on a beautiful project dealing with, can, can I say, can yeah. I, dealing with vulnerability with, in black men mm-hmm. and boys. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I'm I'm excited to see what that's gonna what that gonna look like. You gonna be interviewed on that, so that's true. I was just about to don't tell nobody. I was just um, everybody. We did. Fuck it. Um, but anyway, so that's a long intro to what I have to say about Brian Ellison. I want him to talk to all of you. Let's just take a moment to and, see how Mark is standing. Brian. I mean, I appreciate that's my boy. Like that's my boy. That's my boy. Like it's bigger. It's bigger than art. Like art is the thing that. Speaking of vulnerability, let me get vulnerable for a second. 
art is the thing that has kept me and Brian alive That's over great. the past 10 years that we've known each other. That and one another. <laughs> like, <laughs> for real. Like, we've gone through a lot of the same things. And, and I'm already crying today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to be transparent here. Crying makes me weird, so please don't start that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I am all for vulnerability, and that's how you express it. With nah, but crying. like, like real talk though, like it makes me uncomfortable. Just a little bit. I mean, okay. it is what it is. Okay. But now, nah, like real talk, like we've, you know, we've gone through some of the same experiences. Um, me before him, <laughs> actually, every every scenario that we've gone through that has been the same, I've gone through before Brian. <laughs> And then, you know, I thank God, the universe, whoever you want to thank, your great uncle Joe, whoever. Beyonce. Beyonce. No, not Beyonce. She ain't had nothing to do with this. Uh, <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? Like, honestly, like, I, I thank God that, you know, we have been able to be there for one another because mm-hmm. shit get dark, man. Whoa. <laughs> like yeah, super dark. Black hole. Dark. Um, and you know, I know there was a time where I, when I first decided to go back to art school, he told me that you know I inspired him, and then now it's kind of come full circle and seeing his success and the things that he's making happen because you know he lives by the uh, a principle that was introduced in um, the conversation with myself and my brother. The I love you, but fuck you principle. <laughs> I like that. Like, I love you, but fuck your advice. Yeah, yeah, I got to keep doing what I'm doing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, he lives by that shit, like, wholeheartedly. So, you know, he, he's been inspiring me with that shit and uh, making me want to say fuck you to a lot more people that I love. Mm. Uh, but anyway, Brian. Yes. How You're you welcome. How, how are you, buddy? Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Raquel. It's a, uh, it's a pleasure to be here, man. And, man... Let me just say, yo, that introduction was number one, amazing. <laughs> number two, you know, there are so many things in that that I was not aware of. You about know, yourself. About myself and about how he viewed. I remember that show. I was shitting bricks. My first show that he's talking about. And I felt so insufficient and not enough in what the work was. And I remember yeah, him like two hundred pieces. Of like, what is you yeah. talking about? But, you know, it's just so funny how you can't see yourself though. It's, it's, yeah. it's crazy how you cannot see yourself. And I remember going to your show, feeling inspired to like, yo, push your shit because your show was like extremely abstract. It was amazing, yo. You had your concepts were really dope. I mean, you're being a really hard critic on yourself, but I came and I was there and I experienced that with you. It was you. trash. It was not. Okay. It was trash. Okay. But thanks, Brian, for yes. lying to people for me. Because that's <laughs> what you do for you. That's what you do for your friends. No, you're I'm lying. not lying. I'm not lying to them. I don't think you lie to your friends. Mm-hmm. I feel like no, you don't lie to your friends. You lie for your friends. Oh, okay. You tell them it was trash and they're a terrible human being, but you lie for them. What did okay, you do? That's, that's, that's fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. Brian, photographer yes what is your earliest memory with art like when did you first pick up a camera or decide that you wanted to be an artist or that you were an artist the word artist didn't come to later like later like recent so what's your first connection to art 
So my first connection with art, and for a lot of things, it goes back to this one person, Spike Lee. Um, I remember, you know, Spike Lee introduced me to jazz. He introduced me to blues. Spike Lee's movies introduced me. It was school days. I don't, I don't know, my mother or my father. Not my dad. I'm lying. Like, well, my, my dad was not there. It was, uh, it was either my uncle. I think it was my uncle. He took me to a movie with him because he had to because my grandmother said, if you're going on a date, you have to take Brian. <laughs> and I had to be like four or five. So clearly, he must have really liked this shit to take me to the movies with him. And I remember watching the movie. And at five or six, I can't remember how old I was, I was like stuck at the movement, at the colors, at how people were talking. Like, so that was my first like introduction to art. And then like, I remember like drawing, I could, I could draw really good. And I think it was like that one teacher that like hated on my drawing and I just kind of like gave it up. I used to draw like Darkwing Duck. You remember Darkwing Duck? <laughs> Let's get dangerous. <laughs> Let's dangerous. Yeah, and like cartoons and shit. And then like I would draw like six fours. Like it was, I had this guy named Josh. Josh was this drawing motherfucker. And he always drew dope cars. And so I started doing what Josh was doing. My cars always looked suspect. And yeah, I remember that part of art. And then I remember I took theater. In high school, I went to performing arts high school. And so I was in the theater. I was in the, like, poetry and shit. But I remember specifically taking my first photography class. Not because I wanted to. I think that was, like, the easiest class that I thought was available. And I was, I think I was, yeah, I was a senior, and I was just kind of like, fuck it. You know, you don't have that many classes to take as, as your senior year. But I fell in love with that shit, man. And it's funny Cause going back to what you said, Mark, like I remember taking this fire ass picture. Like if I, I wish I had that picture. It was like a pep rally, it was like fire going and like all this movement and this these emotions were happening and I took this shot. And I remember I was like, yo, that shot is it. So I went back later and then we went to the uh to the uh the, the dark room. Dark room. Yeah, <laughs> went to the dark room. The room where it was dark. Yeah, the room where it was dark. And we developed it, and it came out. And I was like, yo, this shit's crazy. And I went to my teacher, and he just like, all he did was point out the flaws. And I felt like, I'm like, nah, my nigga. Nah, this shit fire. <laughs> You're not, I don't believe you. Like, this picture is fire into myself. But I, that was the first time I remember being critiqued. And I, and I remember saying, nah, fuck you. Like, I don't, I don't love you. See a teacher in high school? Yeah. You, said, you literally said fuck no, you. No, I didn't literally say fuck you. But oh, in my I was mind, hoping you did. Nah, in my mind, <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, I hear you, but fuck you. Like, this shit is fine. So, yeah. Sorry, that was a long that's, answer. That's, but that's such an important principle. Yeah. It's yeah. such an important, like, fuck you, this shit is fine. Like, you got to know for yourself, you know? Rebea told me the same shit. Like, like Rebea, where she said you have to give yourself. Yeah, I, I was, yeah, Rebea is by far one of the most influential people that I've had in my life. And like, since you guys brought up her name, the last five years, Rebea, the impact that she's had on my life, just in allowing me, just giving me the confidence to say, "My nigga, like you got dope shit," and I'm like, "Nah," she's like, "Believe me." Like, you had it. Mm -hmm. Believe in yourself. Until you believe in yourself, it doesn't fucking matter. 
period, point blank. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. And so she was the one that was fueling me at a time when I couldn't even see myself or my work. Shout out to Bea. I love you. So from that moment in high school where you were like, nah, fuck that, where when did the transition happen where you saw yourself as an artist and as a photographer? So I went to Morgan State University on a football scholarship. And at that time, um, I wanted to uh, I wanted to take theater. And my football coach was like, nah, nigga, that's too much time dedicated to this thing. We're paying for your school. And so, nah. Um, and so in that, I started, somehow, I, and I met this really beautiful girl. And she wanted some pictures taken. I was like, I take pictures. <laughs> but I, I hadn't picked up a camera since high school. Mm-hmm. I borrowed my roommate's camera and like I started taking pictures of these girls and they came out fire, right? Like she was like, oh my God. And I didn't pick up a camera after that. But okay. she really liked them. But then later, um I moved to Houston and something just came over me. Um I I've always had a thing for capturing moments in people because I lost a lot of people early. And so pictures are always that thing that helped me. It just freezes time and it freezes the emotions in that time. And so I've always had a a really close connection to pictures and what they represent for people and what they can do for your memory, you know? And so, um, yeah, I don't know, probably like six, seven years ago, maybe eight. Maybe nine, I don't know. I picked up a camera. I got a, a, a bought a camera, and I just started taking pictures because I, I just wanted to take pictures. And then I started posting them on Facebook. And then people started hitting me up about, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you um can we uh, book you to do this? Or they just start liking pictures and sending me messages about. And I'm like, really? Like, wait, you motherfucker want to pay me to do this? Like, you know, it, it was like an awakening moment of like. Huh. And then Ashley Small, as she was the first person to ask me to feature uh, my work on her blog. And I was like, she's like, yeah, it's really good. I really think, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And I don't know, these those little aha moments allowed me to like just tap in further into it. Yeah. So, so what is it? Well, I guess actually you already answered that question. I was about to say, what is it that you enjoy specifically about photography? But you just basically answered that with... You enjoy capturing moments. Yeah. Well, now it's different. I do enjoy capturing moments. That's the foundation, right? But now I look at photography as a space that I can create conceptually something that I want to have a conversation around. Like, even if it's not an authentic moment, it could be a thing or a, it could be a, it could be a very important topic that needs to be discussed. And I will, I will create that piece to bring awareness to it. Okay. And so, um, yeah, photography has evolved for me <laughs> in a lot of ways <laughs> um, because I don't really see boundaries with what you can do with it and how you can express it and what you can use it for. 
at one point I just thought you could do, just, just do this thing, like you go do weddings and you do. Man, when I first got my camera, I'm telling you, I was walking around. I was, I was that nigga going to the club with my camera, just happy to go shoot. I mean, and thank God for those moments because you quickly realize, like, that's not the shit that <laughs> that's you want to do. That's not what you want to do. That is not what, hey. not me personally. But, like, no shade to anybody who does that. I was going to say, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. yeah. Shout, shout out, you know, we are in Houston, so shout out to... Uh, in the, in, in the mix, yeah, uh, and what, <laughs> what used to be I Ten Media, yeah, uh, and and everyone else who do it, does that club shit, but uh, yeah, no, no. the The dopest thing about that is just being a fly on the wall and getting to go wherever you want in the club, yeah. and people paying attention but not really paying attention to you. Mm-hmm. Like you could just start pouring yourself a drink in somebody's section. Yeah, like nobody. That yeah. shit's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's dumb. It's yeah. dumb, but it, it it you know you have to do a lot of those things that kind of uh, that that show you like you said what you don't want to do, and I, I think I think that's very very important. <laughs> yeah, it's like being in a, a really bad relationship and then coming out and you know what you really don't like. Yeah, yeah, you know what you really exactly. don't want in the next partner. So. That, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So tell me about the creation process for this. So I, I kind of understand it when it's the medium is art on canvas, but you're capturing moments. So what's the... They stem from different things. Um, a lot of time it comes from sound, like listening to something. A lot of times it can come from, you know, um, like social justice issues that are happening. Um, like, <clears throat> like that piece... You can describe it because we'll put a picture. <clears throat> okay, uh, that piece that you had see over there was says tribute to America, where it has the black woman wrapped in the American flag and the and the and the black man um, next to her naked. Um, that piece like was created. I think I, it was after watching. It was a movie of the Twelve Years a Slave, something like that, and I was really moved emotionally to like create pieces that that spoke to how I felt. All my things come from like feelings. And so I, I, I don't really, it's really hard to describe when I shoot from feelings, you know, that, that, but that's the, that's the foundation in which I move. That's what inspires me to, to shoot. You know, I, I see, and like even, like when I go throughout this community, like. I really believe that, unfortunately, like a lot of people don't see the beauty in themselves. Mm-hmm. And so when I go take pictures of people, like in the community, like doing every day-to-day thing, like the other day I took a picture of this woman getting her hair braided by another woman and a man was sitting on the porch and they were just talking shit, like just having a, just living the best life. But it was like so simple, but it was so beautiful, man. And so I took that picture and when I take the pictures back to the people just so they can have them, you know, they're always just like super, super extremely happy. And those moments, I don't know, they just they just mean something for me. Um, it's showing them how beautiful they are. I say it's the beauty that hides in plain sight, and they are the beauty that hides in plain sight. Um, yeah. So let's 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 go back a little bit, just a little bit though. But I want to talk about like that that it, the term that my brother and I coined the I love you but fuck you principle. Mm-hmm. But how is it that 
how do you think that yours developed? Oh, like <laughs> what is it that you think? Because I mean, from what you're saying, like it seems as though it started as an, at an early age, 17, 18 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like maybe even before that. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think that was, and how do you think that that is help you move forward? And I ask you this question. I want to clarify why I ask you this question because there are a lot of people out there who might be listening who either want to start creating, plan on starting to create and things like that. Like how, how would you help them kind of navigate that same thing? That is an extremely deep question and I'm going to do my best to answer it. Um, what is it? The fuck you. Uh, I, love I, you I, love I love you, but fuck you. I love, I love you, but fuck, fuck you. Man, that, that did, that's something that didn't come easy. Like, yeah, I thought that when that teacher said that, but what he said about that picture was still like, ugh, yeah. damn. Even when, you know, I would speak to you about my art, like, <laughs> and then you would be like, yeah, but nigga, you know, ain't going that thing. You know, you need to change the lighting a little bit. And, then, and I'd be like, you know, and so I, I, it's like I would hear you and I didn't care enough about what, you know, you said or the other person yeah. said to, to stop, you know. Yeah. To, so, I mean, yeah, it's important to get feedback, but it's more important to align, like, to really listen to what the fuck is inside of you. Like, yeah. align, like your vision is literally your vision for a reason. It is your perspective. And so you cannot expect like if somebody gets it cool but if they don't like they're not meant to and if they get it later then they i call that carpet burn they'll feel it now but they'll feel it later (laughs) Um, and you it's it's just really taking a moment man to really be honest and listen to yourself and believe in yourself enough in what you see and how you see it to let to create it and like allow it to become what you envision like and not getting caught up on who's gonna like who how who who feels what about what like that's your shit that's how you've seen it and that's how you should do it yeah Period. yeah okay so what type of critique makes you go back and look at what you're doing to make changes like how do you determine this critique or this feedback is worthy of me considering and maybe making a change no. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. No, that's a good question. Um. So sometimes critique could just critique could be like you me sending my work to somebody and they be like they just don't like it, you know, or me sending my work to a friend who I know has you know really good experience in this in this realm and they say, you know, um, what are you planning to do with this photo? Are you planning? How big are you planning to make this photo? Yeah. Like, are you going to blow yeah. it up? Like, what did you shoot it with? Why did you shoot it with that? Like, in what in what way should you should have shot it in this ISO? You should have did this with the camera. And so, <laughs> in, in those moments, I'm like, okay, all right. So that I have to take that because I can't even really do what I want with the work that I produce because I didn't do it right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like. It's not really shitting on your work. It's like shitting, not even shitting. It's like giving you the tools to help make the building stronger. You know what I'm saying? Like you built the building 
and this is what you need to do to make sure that the building is strong enough so that people can actually live in it. This is very true and very important. And I also just want to note that, like, I think when when you were first starting, like, to take it seriously, I was also first starting to take shit seriously, too. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a hating situation so much as it was a... Overzealous. It, yeah, it was, it was, like, all that, but, like, at the same time. Yeah. Right? Like, so it's like, okay, yo, that's a dope photo. I like that. The only issue is it wasn't even that. It'd be like, yo, like you cut off this person's toe, like don't cut off the that toe, like include that. But yeah. that was really good feedback for but me. Yeah. That's a and that, and that I, was really good feedback for me. Cause I would just be so comfortable yeah. with what I did see that I couldn't see what I didn't see. And I think I think for both of us it took time. It took time for me to understand like dog. It ain't that fucking serious. Like some of the most famous photographs, most famous paintings, whatever, like they have flaws to them shit. Like <laughs> they have flaws and that's fine. At the same time, I think for Brian, it took time to kind of internalize some of those things and be like, well, that could make the image a little bit stronger. Yeah. <laughs> right. So for both of us, it was just kind of like, well, shit. But yeah. I will say like, as I said before, I think, taking that time and understanding, you know, where we were, where we're trying to go, what we want to be, like that helped us both kind of get to a more even place where it's like technique matters, right? Like composition matters, like, you know, process what you're using to shoot something. Like, you know, if you want to blow something up, you can't shoot that on a little point and shoot. Yeah. I remember you need when Mark told me that. Yeah, like. I took a really cool picture and I couldn't do shit with it. It's dope. Like, <laughs> but that, that shit is disheartening, right? Yeah. right. But yeah. it's good to know for next time. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, well, fuck, man. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Oh, well, this hell going to be dope on Instagram. Yeah. Like, because yeah. <laughs> that image was dope. And I was actually sad that I couldn't help you, like, yeah. make that image bigger. But yeah. it's just like, it is what it is, right? But I think those are things that are good to know. So I'm going to let the cat out of the bag, actually, with this whole thing, because I thought this would be good for you to hear, Raquel, Mm -hmm. based on our conversation that we had about you wanting to create Mm -hmm. and things like that, right? Because because I think, like, for, for me, I know back in the day, sometimes I was, like, very... Nah, man, you got to do it exactly this way, exactly this way, exactly that way. But now I realize, like, you got to let you got to let that shit breathe, yeah. right? Like, in order for something to be good, you got to let that shit marinate. That don't mean turn the stove off, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you got to let the, you got to let that shit sit and simmer, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, cool. Let me see what you did. Bet that's nice. Okay, take a few more images in that same way and think about it, and you know, think about where you what you want to do with this. Think about what you're trying to convey. And then see how you did. Like, see what the discrepancy is between where you want to be and what you've already done. I can say thanks to Mark. I don't shoot on auto anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm comfortable going to the pro settings and adjusting okay. the ice. Okay. I still don't know what that shit means, but <laughs> I get the concept. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's important, though. That's important, though. And I think, you know, me and Brian have learned a lot from each other in that way. Um, in, like, you know, they can just work. Just work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have a question about that. Do you feel ever feel uncomfortable sharing your work for critique? Like, how do you determine 
we so, were sharing. It's funny, man. You asked that because well, I want to say this first. Like for anybody listening, like find what it is you really like that you want to shoot and shoot that. Like yeah. there is no like start there. So what do you really like to shoot? Um, initially it started off with just anything like nature, people, yeah. laughing, emotions. You know, initially, and then it just like developed into like me creating things or creating pictures that speak to certain things that I feel like are important. <clears throat> and But I still enjoy those, like I just told you when I was in the community, you know, doing those different shoots, those are important to me. Um, I just forgot what you asked me. Um, what was it? it happens. How do you determine, or do you have apprehension about sharing your art? Or critique. Okay, so I said this at the Museum of Fine Arts when we uh, when they showed the uh, day in the tray, and I said like artists are the bravest people in the world. They are the bravest people in the world because they take this thing that they see inside of them. They then take that thing and create something externally for you to see, and then they allow you to judge it. Now, when you're looking at the thing that you're judging externally. That is, it is an external piece, right? You see it, you can touch it, but it also is, it's linked to the inside of that person. So you are judging the inside of that person. And so like, it's, it's, it's a hard role, but you have to be so really secure in like your vision and what you see enough to like, let people say what they want. And if you feel like it's good feedback, okay, take it. But also, like, no, like, you know less if, you know, Joe Blow doesn't like it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, the old saying goes, opinions are like assholes. Everybody got one. And so, like, it's They're really like... Full of shit. Yeah, you know, and like, <laughs> who are these people? Like, I, I ask myself these questions, like, that are judging the inside of me. This thing that I love and feel. I'm not just, I'm not doing this shit because it's cool. I can't stop. <laughs> I literally, you know, I, I I hear things and then I see things and then like my my body, I gotta move to that thing. So, you know, it's just about really being secure and finding some like safe space in yourself to know like you are aligning yourself with whatever vision that you have inside of you. So what, what is it that, so like I'm big on like reference images or reference artists. Who are those reference artists that you look at that help you to, to create? I gotta be honest, Mark. I don't have many, man. I, I have not, I could say Gordon Parks because that makes sense. You know, <laughs> Gordon Parks, um, and like, and I, I know of him because, you know, if you do any type of thing with a camera, you look up photography and history of photography in the black community, like Gordon Parks yeah. is that dude, right? And I remember, well, I was in Atlanta a couple years ago at a show I did that I was a part of. And we went to the, um, the Museum of Fine Arts in Atlanta. I can't remember, but Gordon, Gordon's work was up. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I saw myself in him. 
And at that point, like, I really started like diving into his stuff. Honestly, the person I would reference, man, and <laughs> it's Spike Lee, man. Like, I would take his movement and take steals with my mind. Click, yeah. click, click, belly. Not belly, no, 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 not belly. I was not saying belly. that's, that's a, a hype. Yeah. Um, it wasn't belly, it was uh, uh, the dude, the train, the chain. He loved the trains with the overall clockers. It was clockers. Like, man. I just clockers. remember, like, taking click, click, click. He didn't do the movie Fresh, but I remember watching Fresh. Click, Fresh click, was click. Fresh is an amazing movie. So it was like taking stills of this move of the movement happening in these movies that really felt beautiful to me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what is that about? <laughs> I'm I'm hearing the conversation. Um, hey, you know what? what? Actually, I, I want to say this for for people that are listening. So sometimes for those of y'all that listen to this in your car, y'all hear like these ambient noises, and it'll be like in in Mariah's interview there was like bass mm-hmm. in the background. Or, you know, you'll hear people outside making noise or yelling or whatever. And that is because, like, very specifically, I want us to record in people's spaces and hear what they hear when they're in those spaces, right? Because I think it gives you a sense of, you know, what as consumers of things, not purchasers, but as consumers of sound, of sight, and things like that, right? Like, all of these things go in and come out somehow, some way, right? And sometimes they come out in the work. And I think, you know, right now we're at Brian's apartment. And like, if y'all can hear that in the background, it's like people upstairs, people outside. And I think like, it's- it's, Having a black ass time. Having a a black ass time. And if you are familiar with Brian's work, it is black ass work. Like, (laughs) it really is like- like how you did, (laughs) For real, I mean- as 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 you were talking about Gordon Parks, I feel like most most black people that are that are working with a camera for sure, like you're gonna come across Gordon Parks. There are a few other names you're gonna come across too, um, and I'll give those to everyone because I think everybody should check that out. Mm-hmm. Jamel Shabazz, yeah. Jamel Shabazz is dope as shit. Yeah. Like <laughs> Jamel Shabazz is really dope. I see. I see glimmers of that in Brian's work. I see um, a little bit of Dawood Bay in Brian's work. A little, you know, a little bit of everything, right? But then there's also, you know, Roy DiCarava. There's also, um, oh my God, James Vanderzee. Now, I'm not gonna lie, I don't see no James Vanderzee in your work because he okay. mostly did like studio shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he photographed all the Harlem Renaissance dope Whoa. shit. Um, if any of you have seen the sepia tone image of Jean-Michel Basquiat sitting in a chair with a cat in his lap, that's James Van Der Zee. Uh, like, <laughs> he also shot a lot of stuff out on the street of okay. you know kids playing on cars and things like that. Don't worry, it'll be up on the Instagram and y'all will see all that. But um, but no, like that's that black ass work, right? Like you can hear, like if there was a soundtrack to it, it might be kids playing in the street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Talking shit. Yeah. It might be some old dudes sitting under a tree playing dominoes yeah. or, or or spades. And that literally happens like 
50 feet from Brian's front door. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it might be, it might be some lady yelling at her dude down yeah. the street. Yeah, Man, you ain't shit. Get the yeah, fuck out of yeah. my face with that right. bullshit. Right. right outside. Right. And I think, I think, you know, when you're in people's spaces, you get that feeling and those sounds only add to those feelings. So, yeah, I just thought I'd take that time to, you know, explain that. I want to go back to the statement you made a few minutes ago about art being an outward expression of something internal. I always struggle with this when I hear artists say that because I, as a consumer, I always say, can you separate the art from the artist? So when artists put out something and the feedback is, well, this is a reflection of their thoughts, their political stances, and then the the response is, well, no, it's just art. It's just something that I created. Is that valid? I, I, you know, I was gonna ask. Yeah, no, I, really, that's fair. And it's one of those. I my position on they it say has it's changed. Just art, and this is just yeah, something I yeah. created. So it's one of those like. If it's some controversial shit, right? Like so. Um, damn, I, I don't can't know if they're being about. honest though. Yeah, that's, that's Ex- what I want people to yeah, be honest about. I don't think they're being honest, I, and I can't speak for anybody other than myself. Yes. And with that, I'll say. It's connected to me. Mm-hmm. It's connected to something that I felt felt enough about to create about and express and express. You know I what I mean? Yeah. Be more honest about yeah. That. I, but I think I think where the difficulty is though is that if somebody says, "Yeah, that's me. That's an expression of what I was thinking, what I was feeling at the time." Then they want to know. Nah, it ain't even that. People be like, "Well, shit, that's you then. That's you," and they want to give that snapshot. Of you. <laughs> that snapshot of you, they want to attribute all the negative in that shit to your entire being. Which is why I think there's it's important <laughs> to have space to discuss your art. Yeah. Because I might I might consume your art and take away one message yeah. and not and that's complete that's part of it. That's yeah. part of the experience. This is what I get from looking at your yeah. work. But hearing the artist say, Well, this is what I felt in this moment, this yeah. is what I was expressing provides that context and I'm very much of the context matters when consuming art. Yeah. And I feel like that's left out of the discussion because people just go back to, well, you got to separate the art from the art. I think, I think sometimes though, when people say stuff like that, they're saying, what they're saying is, <laughs> it's wrong, first of all. Because okay. I heard a lot of that, you got to separate the art from the artist shit when people were talking about Cosby. Nah, man, that wasn't the art. That was that person. Like, that was that motherfucker. Like, <laughs> So, who you are as a person or who people perceive you are yeah. can be an indictment on your work. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, if you're a shitty person, I might be like, yeah. ah, your work is cool, but yeah. I don't fuck with it because yeah. you're a shitty person. I'm, I'm going to tread lightly as I do this, but I'm still going to go down this path. We're not going to use Cosby mm-hmm. as a reference. No, 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 no. I am, I am, I am. No. no, this is very specific reason. Very specific reason. Mark. Cosby's art. No, no, no. Cosby's art is different from Tarantino's art. Listen to what I'm saying, right? Mm. If Tarantino was out on the street calling somebody a nigga, you can't separate the art from the artist because in his art, the word nigga is used a billion times, mm-hmm. right? In the Cosby show, Cosby ain't raping people. So you can separate the art <laughs> from that fucked up person that he is in real life. You see what I'm saying? Like, cause it's not, it's not, it, he's not putting that shit in the art. What people try to say though, a lot of times is like when people's 
baggage and bullshit is in the middle of their art, mm-hmm. right? Like your misogyny is ever present in your work. Okay. And then you do some fucked up shit or you're, you're still in life trying to say, oh, no, that's not me. That's not me. Motherfucker, that shit's all in your work. Yeah. How is um, <laughs> I mean, is, I is what I'm I saying making sense? I know, I do understand. Like, <laughs> That's not where I thought you were going. Yeah. You know, no, I no, mean, no, I know, I know. So I, I know. I, well, your perspective makes sense. <laughs> I feel like to take, it's like you, you, you think about, I think about emotions, right? And you have, you have a whole bunch of different emotions: sad, happy, you know, disappointed, you know, all these different things. And so for an artist to take an emotion and like create with that emotion, that is where that artist was at that time. Mm-hmm. Like that is a snapshot of where he was at that time, period, point blank. And so you can't take that and marry him to that, you know? So it's like taking a line out of a paragraph and making the whole book about that shit you know like that is just where that person was at that time and i just think that if we are in my opinion being honest about when we do the work you don't you can't connect to the work that you're doing unless it's coming from that space inside i'm sorry like i don't yeah i i, I just don't i don't know any artist that in some way shape or form is not telling a story about themselves through their work Telling a story about somebody who means something to them in yeah. their work, period. If it's authentic, if it's authentic, if it's authentic, okay, yeah. Right. yeah. If it's authentic, that's, because that's, that's, that's the that's is. the other thing. Like yeah. it's they're, they're motherfuckers that are doing work from mm-hmm. from from the black perspective, right? So I'm gonna call out this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I got to. Oh no, 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 no. I swear it ain't it ain't that terrible. But it's this is this dude. That's going around doing these street signs. He's doing them in different cities mm-hmm. with like hip hop quotables on them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And doing it here. Don't yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the thing, though. This is the thing. And I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying he can't do it. What's the issue? But I will say I was a little bit disappointed mm-hmm. to know that it's like a white dude that's like uber suburban. Like it, it kind of it's like it's like yeah. it's just it's it's like I have a question because I, I did not know that until just this moment. This yeah, moment a lot of people didn't know that. Yeah, and I, I heard him on the radio. I have a question for you and for to discuss. We'll, we'll come back. Yeah, we'll come back to that. I'm we, just saying. Mark and I have had it's a lot of, we've started this conversation a million times, <laughs> and I'm just knowing. Saying. I'm just saying. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, I want everybody out there to understand, like, I do not have a problem with white people. I do not have a problem with cross-cultural interests. Of course not. I do not have a problem with... Fuck it. What I have a problem with is people telling stories that aren't their stories to tell. <sighs> now, I don't know that that's not his story to tell. But there's a I just you're making because of the- no, there, there's, there's some feelings that, like, when I when I heard about the project, I was like, yo, that's kind of dope. I saw the signs. Especially because it's in Third War. Like, no. Third War, Fifth War, shit like that. Ooh. South yeah, Park. All that shit. And the shit's... Right. Uh, I, I don't... I don't 
Oh, this shit's a purple, yeah. like the purple, like you know what I'm saying, city of purple sprite, all that bullshit, whatever, right? And it's it's no one bullshit. thing. There's one within a half a mile from here. Yeah, like it's right. As a matter of fact, it's right there on Scott and um, where the corner store is across from University of Houston. Oh wow! And the thing that's dope about it is like, you know, it well, it's dope in two different buckets, right? Yeah. Or I have two different feelings in both buckets, right? Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, this is this is Houston hip hop culture. Yes. that's dope. I love it. Somebody really thought to do this. This is amazing. Oh wait, this motherfucker's from New York. It goes into and no, then, but then, like, it goes into. <laughs> I am always as a consumer and as someone who is one of those like I love consuming black art. I get a little touchy about other people telling our stories, mm. and I know that I am no moral authority figure on who can tell yeah. these stories. But as a consumer, I can always step back and yeah. say, I don't I don't want to consume the story that you're telling because I don't feel like you necessarily yeah. get it because you are an observer. And not and only that though, like, you know, poverty tourism is a thing. It is. Like poverty Hello, tourism is a thing. Lord. No but there's, I'm talking about there's fucking no these about people comments, but these people go all the fucking way all the fucking way to Africa to volunteer to build a school but cross the street when they see a black man walking towards them. I'm just saying. We're going to stick to the topic of (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. But that that goes back to whether or not it's an authentic story. Is it is it your authentic story? If it's your authentic story then it's kind of hard to be like yeah separate the art from the artist. Nah man like Which is why when I get that response because I'm one of those like you know, this is what I'm taking away from this. What's your opinion on it? Yeah. If they don't have one, it's either your work's not authentic yeah. or you don't want to own what that emotion. Yeah. That, like, it's okay. Yeah. You'd be like, hey. I need to know the story. Uh, yeah. I, I, need I need to know, know where I'm this is coming from. Yeah. I, I need to yeah. know the context yeah. of art. Yeah. And it does change how I consume the art. And I don't. I think the yeah. people get touchy. It's like, oh, well, you're not going to like my art anymore. Yeah. That's completely valid mm-hmm. if you're secure in the fact that everyone doesn't have to like your yeah. art. But if you're, if me liking your art is contingent on me not knowing why you created it. Yeah. And with that, there's growth, right? There's grace for your growth. Yeah. Because, yes, I may have, like, listen, if y'all go back and y'all look at my Twitter from like four or five years ago, there are probably some problematic statements. There might be someone there from two years ago. I'm not even going to fucking lie to you. Like, there might be. Before this airs, we're going to go delete that shit. But I realized, <laughs> no, no. But you know what? I think it's crazy when people go back and delete that shit because people are going to be like, no, you said this in 2011. Yeah, I said that shit in 2011. But it's deleted. No, it ain't even that. It's like, yeah, but I'm not. It's been seven years since that shit. Yeah. My freshman year in college, I'm, I'm just going to say this. My freshman year in college, every girl that I met was a bitch. That is fucking terrible. Oh yes. my god! It's a horrible, horrible thing, no, right? Mark and I have this conversation. All yeah, no, I'm not surprised. No, it's a ho- yeah, it's a horrible thing, right? But at the same time, right now, no, he's, he's no, he's so like I've grown. It's growth. You are so the opposite. <laughs> you know what I'm like, like, black women or women, like. Yeah, it's growth, and we have to give people grace for their growth because nobody came out the womb woke. Nobody, N- nobody. Oh. As much as we hop on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and it's all that shit, so well, we can. Oh my god, we can we can cut you're that still, shit now by saying it's performative. You know what I'm saying? And the more people reconcile that, a lot of it is performative. And the first, it's the, not the, worth the, the word about. The word woke is wrote in the motherfucker. Like, let's just stop that shit. Yeah. Like, let's just. 
Like so, back to the art. Sorry, I'm. <laughs> hey, man, this is part of the conversation, it though. Like it all goes into it. You know but, what I'm saying? But anyway, yeah, go ahead and get us back on track, man. Because so you know I, I get mad about uh, you know I get mad about this. this. this like is, this is any Sunday afternoon whenever I go over to Mark's man, life, it's six hours of you try to Dallas to go see that place. Hey, man, just because you don't love us, Brian, don't I, other people I don't. love you. I call it Narnia. I've been but, over there once. Hey, but check this out though. Because you come out there, Raquel, would the food be like? Mark always makes sure that I'm. It's contingent on me visiting. Would the drink be like? Are you cooking? But no. So back to the art. It's about consuming it. About consuming art. Yes, consuming artwork and knowing the context. Knowing yes, knowing the context is very important. Yes, very important. So if I were to just stumble across your work not see that it's credit to you what do you what do you hope that I take away from it that this is what Brian Ellison's work is about authenticity vulnerability um, an appreciation for blackness an appreciation for black experience even if some deem it as ugly or hard to see like it's necessary to highlight those things that are hard to see because when you snap a picture of something that's hard to see and you post like not post it or you 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 frame it and you put it in the show you cannot unsee it that's the thing like you can't turn your you've already seen it so and so with that you have to deal with the feelings of how that made you feel if you see my shit and you're like, I didn't like that because it made me feel great. The number one thing that art is supposed to do is make you feel. Mm-hmm. Whether you feel good, bad, or indifferent, the purpose is to feel, to be moved. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, but I hope that, you know, when someone sees my work, you know, they walk away with, you know, Happiness, you know, Do you whatever. consider your work political? <clears throat> uh, it can definitely be political. Wow. Um, um, you know, I'm tapped out of, of like, I don't watch the news and shit, but I, I, I'm aware enough of when things are happening. Mm-hmm. Like with the whole Khalif Browder thing, like I remember watching that and like I cried. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't even, like it wasn't that I cried, it was like, I was fucked up for like weeks, right? That HuffPost Live interview? That shit was <laughs> shit was tough. Yeah. That shit was tough, man. <clears throat> and so, you know, I created a piece around that shot that people wouldn't necessarily know that it is um, tied to him, but it was influenced by him in such a way because, you know, like I come from uh, my mother and father were incarcerated, you know what I'm saying? And so my mother sold drugs, you know, um, I'm raising my grandmother. And so like, I've seen, you know, I've had my police, I've had my house raided by the police at least twice growing up with a gun in my head. And I know what the fuck that feels like. And in that, man, it's like moments like that have helped me I can see so much beauty in people, even in those really fucked up spaces, man. Like, 
those they have helped shape how I I don't know man I just I have grace for people you know what I'm saying and I have grace for um for things that people don't necessarily deem as beautiful I see I see beauty in it yeah actually that's I think we we kind of share that because my when people ask me like what it is I love about photography it's that transformative quality right like I remember when we went on our first photo walk together me you and Ben um Benro Oladipo. Benro Oladipo. <laughs> the amazing... Uh, photos by photo, Ben. Photos. Boy, killing it. Hey, he, he's, he's killing it. He's been yeah, working, man. He's been working. But, um, but that first photo walk, not even far from here. Well, we, we, we was on Elgin. Yeah. No, we was on Elgin. We walked through the neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I photographed homeboy and he blew that smoke in my face. Mm. And he looked pissed off. He was so pissed at me because I wouldn't give him $5. Mm-hmm. But he still let me take his picture. Yeah. And like in that moment, I felt like I might have to fight this dude. Like I felt like I felt like dude might get up. And first of all, he take me for a sucker because I'm a little proper. Right. So it's going to be a problem. Like yeah. <laughs> It's going to be a problem. But like the photo, that photo, man, it haunts me. Yeah. I lost the negative. So I feel like absolute garbage. Um, but I'll put that on Instagram so y'all can see it. But, like, it's like you can see the anger in his face. You can see the disdain. You can see the heat on him. Yeah, it was hot as shit. On. Yeah, he had a do-rag I on. I remember that picture. <laughs> Dude, like, it, it's... But in that picture, like, you see so much. Pain and, in and, his eyes. There's pain in his eyes, but there's also vulnerability. And that's the thing I love about it. Like, especially street photography, photographing, like, making portraits of people in you know their environment and things like that like first of all usually you have to ask right so you got to build a rapport super quick in like half a second yeah, yeah. have a second make them especially in the black community you got to make people trust you Ooh, you don't understand don't nobody in the black like the say. only person more distrusted than a cop is, is a somebody with a camera, camera. <laughs> the first thing you know like that no, is I, when I first got my camera, I went to Atlanta yeah. and we were walking down whatever the art, art district is. I can't think of the name. And I walked into a bar and the, the bouncer, yeah, it was in Five Point, Little Five Point. Mm-hmm. And the bouncer saw my camera and he was yeah. like, nah. I was like, oh, I'll put it in my bag. He's like, nah, you can't even come in. And I was yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was like, mm-mm. It's crazy. He's like, I'm not about to deal with my yeah. patrons. But like, and I was like, oh, okay. I just, you know, I put it away. But yeah. people do not fuck yeah. with cameras. But I, I understand hood, it's, it. It's, it's like, I'm telling you, like, I've really, I, I feel like I've built enough rapport. I think that, I think that what I look like adds some type of value a little bit. Because everybody it. loves Isaac Hayes. <laughs> He's fucking <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know <laughs> I would like to be the daddy out for Brooklyn. <laughs> or chef from uh, South Park. Uh, <laughs> oh, they dropping them. Oh, they killing them. Softly. Um, Stand up. I mean, chef. How do you get a girl to like you? You got to find a glitters. We're gonna cut that. That's one of my favorite memories from South Park. Taking girl. pictures in the hood. Is- <laughs> Difficult because they don't fuck with you right away. Nah. 
I took a picture. Nah. Of the, I was about to take a picture of this little uh, memorial setting that was around the corner, right? And, you know, they had the candle set and, like, they had the balloons going with his brother that just got killed. And I didn't know. I thought it was more so, like, it was the, they were celebrating, like, his birthday or something. Because, and so I went over there and I was about to take a picture. And then I, I see through my peripheral that there's two cats approaching me. And so I'm like, I'm going to take this picture. And I got to get myself ready. And so, <clears throat> you know, I, they walk up and they're like, hey, what's up? What you doing? I said, man, I'm um, I'm just taking a picture of this this moment, you know. Um, can you tell me more about what happened here? You know, I'm a photographer, and I I am here like to really just capture like the, the stories that go untold in our neighborhood. And at that moment, it was like, Ooh, okay. Then they start talking, right? But I know the way because that was their friend had who had just got killed two weeks ago. So, you know, they already got, you know, they peacocking, you know, saying like, who the fuck are you? What you doing here? And I was able to build rapport in a way that I, I set up an interview with them yeah. to interview them for the project I'm working on. And That's dope. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was, but it was that moment. Yeah. Like I could have either got stole off on, that means get hit in the face. Or, <laughs> or, you know, it could have been a conversation where I build rapport and like for me knowing him, now I know other people, which is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this, man. Because um, we didn't mention this at any point yet. But how do you think? So your home right now is in Third Ward, Houston, Texas. Correct. Right. How do you think your work would have changed or would have developed or would you be working if you were still in Tulsa? Oh, okay. Yeah. If I'm still in Tulsa. What do you I think I was like? Katie or some shit. I'm like, nigga, I don't, I don't know who, what I'd be doing. I mean, I, there might be some interesting perspectives there because Houston is changing so much. It is. A lot of the violence that used to be in A-Leaf when we grew up is now moving to Katie. That's, that's actually how I ended up in Katie. Like, like yeah, like that's wow. crazy. Like it's, it's moving farther and farther out. Next thing you know, they're going to be like, man, Sealy Hood. <laughs> 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 That's what they They call Cyprus, Syrac, and I am. What? Yeah. I didn't really get yeah. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a it's a it's a specific part of Cyprus that's closer to Katy. Yeah. They call it Syrac. Yeah. And yeah. I, I am against I it. I am puzzled. I am disgusted. Anytime I have a friend that lives out there and he says that shit jokingly, I'm like, nah. Cyprus is one back. of the largest. I think Cyprus is the largest school district in Texas. Mm. In addition to that, they yeah, have Houston. Houston ISD is the largest. But uh, yeah. So, but in addition to that, they have all of these like rated 10 schools on great schools yeah. and these kids out here calling it Cyrac they're getting opportunities that we ain't getting A-League yeah. you know, hell most of HISD they not getting them opportunities yeah. you know what I'm saying like these kids like it's not in a lot of these schools it's not a question of whether or not you're going to college it's which college, it's which college you're going to mm-hmm. bruh what so, nice. <laughs> so anyway back Your to environment. yes how would how do you think it would be different in Tulsa? So I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He is. That's why he country is here. Yes. Um, <laughs> we have barbecue bologna there. Uh, it's off the chain. I don't, I, gonna... eat, I don't eat meat anymore, but I'm just saying, if you ever go, just 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 listen. Go to Elmer's. Um. So, yes, 
Third Ward, what I love about, initially loved about Third Ward was that um, it reminded me so much of Tulsa, north side of Tulsa to be exact. That's where all the black people are. That's where Black Wall Street happened. That's where the big boom dropped down. That's where the guy band is from. And so, yeah, I think it would be very similar. Um, I mean, honestly, I would love to go home and do some, some work like that so take some photos and just don't go back off hey next summer can we take a trip to Tulsa yes and go photograph people absolutely can I come yes sure absolutely and I'm not gonna eat any uh, barbecue bologna though I will I, it I will don't, change your life I don't hey. even eat regular bologna dude okay bologna is reserved for people that don't have teeth bologna um <laughs> as someone who has all of my teeth I resent that comment I don't or I do you? I, I do. I don't eat bologna readily now. I guess they count it's still if you can remove them too. It's cool. I can't remove my teeth when I cut you. <laughs> <laughs> People gonna see you and be like, they gonna, I think they be looking like, how top roll of teeth just moved, huh? Yeah. Right. Did that shit snap on? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, will, I will fight you. Just a little disclaimer. I will fight Replace you. Replace it with your <laughs> That's amazing. Mark, I fucking hate you. Guys, anyway. her teeth aren't removable, yes. so she says. I when we go to Tulsa, I will try the barbecue bologna for. I thought she was about to say, "I'll show you that my teeth don't come off." <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry. Anyway, uh, yes. So you you feel like the work would be similar? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. let, let me ask you this because this is it, it's it's the work is always about. Context, right? Context and content. Like, those are the things I tell my students all the time that, like, those are two things that you look for when you're critiquing a work, when you're thinking about making work, you think about the context, mm-hmm. and you think about content, right? So, what if you'd have never gone? What if you'd have never left Tulsa? You'd never gone to Morgan State, right? Like, maybe you went to the University of Tulsa, right? How, how would that, how do you think that would affect your work or would have affected your work? I think that I've always been an artist in some way, shape, or form. I don't, it's, it's, that's a really good question because I, what I'm thankful for is the ability to see things with fresh eyes, like as if I'm seeing it for the new, for the first time. So people who are from Houston, if they were to go to Paris, they'd be like, oh my God, look at this, look at that. But the people in Paris don't necessarily see those things because they're used to being there. Yeah. But no matter where I go, I can see things with fresh eyes. So I can drive down the street, which I do here, and see things with fresh eyes, hiding in plain sight. And I I think I would be able to do the same thing no matter where I go, because it's just, I don't know, I guess it's how my brain works. Yeah. So. And I have a follow-up Tulsa question. What's up? Uh, Do you own dolphin earrings? My nigga, I I had dolphin earrings, dog. Like, straight up and down. If you did not own a pair of dolphin earrings, my nigga, you were not from the crib. Because, like, straight up, you were not from the crib. Yo, that question was actually for a homeboy, Kareem Day. Uh, (laughs) Fuck you, Kareem. Oh, he didn't text me that. He just inspires me because he always... That's one of his fondest, his fondest <laughs> memories of Tulsa is like dudes with these dolphin earrings. <laughs> oh my goodness! Anyway, uh, Raquel seems like she has a serious question. I'm sorry. I do have a serious question. <laughs> has there been a topic that's been difficult for you to engage through with photography? 
like something you set out and then the the way in creating it made you feel something you weren't expecting um yeah um so this is this ties into like my photography and also a movement that i created called you are enough and in that i'm sorry i gotta stop you one second yo you are enough is dope as shit thank you go ahead bro <laughs> and <laughs> in that that i cre- i created this thing this movement called you are enough which you see tattooed on my arm and it was to it is to it's a movement for the people by the people and if you drive down McGowan, you'll see it spray painted on that building and it's been there and it's it's like i i feel like people tell me that it's a statement for this community in which i'm extremely that's yours proud. yeah i didn't know that yeah I'm so with we yeah. had um my friend steven at our radio and a couple other people, man, we put together this block party. And it's not, it was a block party, but it was more so about talking about creating a platform for conversation about mental health awareness, mm-hmm. about um, like talking about feeling insufficient, feeling, feeling depressed, and marginalized communities where you cannot really speak about things like that because it's considered taboo. And so um, there were photos that were done during that process. And in that movement, in me creating for that, that was difficult because I had to really be, I cannot stand in front of these people and talk about something without revealing some things about myself. And You Are Enough came from me not wanting to live anymore. Like it was a dark space where I wanted, I did not, like I wanted to take my life. It was a thought. And um, <clears throat> that was the front end of it was, and I seen this building in the midst of this like really dark depression. For whatever reason, I had some spray paint and I kept telling myself, man, you are enough, you are enough. And so I spray painted it up there and it stayed there. And people started like taking pictures with it. And that's how it created the momentum to, to be what it is. But that was difficult because I had to share with people this super vulnerable thing about myself about like, and like allowing Tim to judge that, you know, what you mean you want to kill yourself? Mm-hmm. Nigga, you black. Yeah. You don't deal with them type of thoughts, nigga. We don't do those things. We don't do them yeah. things, nigga. Mm-hmm. But in reality, we do. Mm-hmm. And we are like on the rising percentage of people who are. Young kids. Yeah. Like, because we don't create a platform for discussion around mental health and make it okay for people to talk about feelings well suicide takes on a different form in the black community too because it's just making poor decisions yeah right like eating like shit (laughs) you know what i'm saying like engaging in activities that you know are reckless right like somewhere in your mind you know that these things that you're doing are reckless like that that's a cry for help a lot of times, but yeah. we don't we don't see it as such. But it's an indi- you know? yeah, it's an indicator. Yeah. It's an indicator to something like that's deeper. Like you're acting reckless, but you're acting reckless because why? You don't value yourself. Why don't you value yourself? Who told you you weren't shit? Okay, let's talk about why you feel like you aren't shit. Like and like so diving into those conversations with these kids, with these fucking adults, me myself included, about dealing with things that we suppress and think that everything's gonna be okay. So. To answer your question, that was um, <clears throat> one of the toughest things to do as an artist. And it's still moving. It's beautiful. 
and this is the most thing I've known them. So in, like, uh, we've, we've touched on the fact that you've made a short film. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a photographer. I think a very important part. Of do you consider yourself an interpl- interdisciplinary? I artist? do. I do now. Okay. At one point, I, I, at one point, I was just a photographer, but I know what like the things that I'm working on mm-hmm. quietly, and like I know what they look like, and they are not photography. And so, it was funny, man, because it was listening to y'all's podcast. With I went, I went, yeah, we were <laughs> I went on my Instagram like interdisciplinary artist update. Wow. Yeah, like, <laughs> straight up. Because yeah. I'm like, give yourself credit, like, see yourself, and, like, be, like, on that shit. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, and I know that I am multiple things that the creator has yeah. put a lot of things inside of me to create, and it's not just one-dimensional. Yeah. Like, so, I know that, like, I'm I'm going to dig into my, my friend pocket real quick. Okay. Because... I remember what your work looked like before mm-hmm. and how it began to evolve mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but I'm going to ask you, how do you, th- and actually before I say, before I ask the question, let me also say, I think all of our friends have seen like, you know, for most of us, like we have our friends that grew up like with their dads yeah. and we're the kind of anomalous ones. Yeah. Like in, <laughs> in our group, right? Yeah. Like you and I did not grow up with, yeah. our, with our fathers in the right. crib, right? Um, but I think I, I'm not going out on a limb and saying that I speak for all of our friends when I say like you are one of those people that people are always in awe of when they see the way that you handle your twins. Mm, mm, <laughs> and, mm. you know, I want to ask you, like, Maybe how do you... That to me. <laughs> hey, man. Listen, man. Really? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And he's going to cry. And it's fine because uh-huh. I probably will too. But, like... I, I assure you all that I will. Uh, yes, but yeah. I know why you won't cry. And I'm going to keep that to myself because it's you. funny. Uh, I have tissue in my bag, though. <laughs> but not, like... You know, I remember when I had my son, people were like, yo, you know, you're, you're doing a great job with your kid. But like seeing the way that Brian has taken care of those two babies, like despite all the shit that he's had to deal with, like they they may have felt some energy that that wasn't the best, but. That hasn't affected the way that he's parented those kids like and and they're that. They, yeah, I know. Mark, um, glossy. I know. <laughs> nah, man, like, you know, as, and this is, this is not art, but it is art, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this vulnerability that you guys have. <laughs> I mean, it's real. And that's why we're boys, though. Like, you know, as, as kids that didn't have our dads with us, like the idea that like, we got kids, like, shit, what the fuck am I going to do? Right. And then being able to have people around us be like, yo. You're an amazing father, right? But then for me, after hearing people say that and then stepping back and seeing my boy had these kids and then being like, God damn, I need to get on my shit. Like, <laughs> like that's crazy, right? And and y'all don't know all the story, man. It's a lot. <laughs> and I think that's why like I'm uh, 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 feeling a bit vulnerable at this moment. And Brian as well. But like, you know, I just want to talk about how 
having those babies, how do you think that they've changed your work? How do you think that they've helped you evolve as a storyteller? I want to say first off, uh, fuck you for this question. <laughs> hey man, I love them little kids, man. <clears throat> They're amazing. Um, They're awesome. Well, first and foremost, man, my children save my life. Same, same. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, right now, it's a little real in this room. I mean, I mean, I don't know, like, as far as an artist, like, I see, when I see fathers, or even parents, man, you know, in particular black parents, I I have a really deep appreciation for that. It's, it's, uh, it's extremely, parenthood is tough. Yeah. And I, and, you know, people might disagree, but I feel like it's even 10 times tougher when you're black raising your children in a space where their lives are not valued in a way like other people. And so, you know, man, I'm scared as a parent, you know, I am, but I'm even, even more than I am scared, man, I'm fucking determined to like push myself to my limit artistically so that I can show them, man, like, listen, you can do whatever the fuck you put your mind to. You know what I mean? Like, for so long, I allowed my uh, previous circumstances to come mm-hmm. up and the things that I've been through, I allowed that to cripple me. But in reality, it was the same thing that I thought broke me is what built me. And I had to re, I had to, I had to change my perspective on on what it was that God put me through. God, universe, her, he, she, whatever you want to call it, whatever, like that thing that I was put through built me to make me the type of dad that I am. So me not having a dad made me a better dad because I know what the fuck that feeling feels like to not have a dad present. And so because of that, I am fucking present. You know what I'm saying? Present as fuck out here. And so, you know, people can say a lot of things about me, but they can't say shit about me in being a, not being a father to my children, you know? Yeah. Let's just, please, <laughs> let's take a moment to let the room decompress. Oh. So, um... <laughs> So, if you want to fight Mark after this, man, I have no objection. That nigga did it. Didn't he don't want to fight. I got twenty on the letter. I'm not, <laughs> not gonna reveal who I think right. it's gonna be. It'll be Mark. He's crazy. I am crazy. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I have another question. Okay, go Mark, ahead. I know you're still over there trying. Go ahead. <clears throat> oh no, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's your personal mantra? That's a really good question. You guys have amazing questions. Um, My personal mantra for creating. (laughs) Uh, Just do it. 
Nigga, no. I mean, Nike checkmark out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I mean, really, like, really move in a way. Just, like, really honor yourself. Honor yourself in your work and your vision. Like, that's, to me, that's it. I, I don't, it's so easy to get caught up in who's doing what and how they're doing it. And so much so that you can, like, it'll dilute what it is you're supposed to be doing. And so, you know, yeah, nothing's new underneath the sun. Also, like, God has put something inside of you in a way that nobody else can bring to life. Yeah. And, like, it is your motherfucking duty to do that shit. And, like, you have to take that 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 thing that, that's fucking tugging at the inside of you. Like, it's tugging at the inside of you because it's your purpose. And so, like, just doing it and not finding a reason not to do it, but finding a reason to do it. It's always going to be a reason not to create. Like, oh, it's too high, or I, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can pull off the concept. I don't have this camera. I don't have that. Fuck that shit. Make it work. Okay, you don't have the latest camera. So the fuck what? I know people with $20,000 cameras who shoot like shit. Why? Real shit. Why though? Real Why Sway? Shit. Why do they shoot like shit? And no no shame to those who shoot like shit. Like just keep doing Keep working. You. Keep working. You know what I'm keep saying? But, and I'm not even saying like I'm the the creme of creme. Like I I'm just aligning myself with my purpose. I'm saying like the what you do what you do or don't have does not matter, man. Like just really honor yourself and your vision and the the, the thing that's supposed to happen with it will happen. Bars. This nigga got bars, son. Uh, <laughs> so, do you have a piece in your personal collection that's your favorite or you're most proud of? Hmm. I I I have work. I have I have work that I forget about because I just like store it, like move it. Um, and and that there's a recent piece, man, of this black man. Standing in the street. It's actually on my IG. And his shirt says, Be Love. No, Be Be Love. And I think right now, that would probably be one of my favorite pieces because the way he looks, he looks so strong and so. What's the word? Like, just hard he looks hard but his shirt speaks to the exact opposite you know and so like I feel like the contrast and I don't believe in coincidence so it was no coincidence that I came across his brother so I think that would be like as I'm thinking about most recent work one of my favorite pieces right now what's your favorite piece that you own from someone else Or are you like me and all the work in your house is yours? <laughs> <laughs> I hate um, actually, man, my, one of my favorite pieces that I own of someone else's is that piece is uh, with those hands. Um, and it's a collage piece. Um, it's by the sister named Mortimer X. That's the name that she goes by on Instagram. Um, Mortimer X. And it just shows these hands, these black hands that look like they worked all day and 
um, it just speaks to it, it says I'm still a man and it just it just shows how like I don't know it's just something beautiful about something so simple but yet complex that's my favorite piece of someone else's right now I have a question about um, selling work so mm. one of the things mm. that we're getting into and that I am learning on my journey of Arts Explanatory Podcast is how artists create income from what they're creating mm. as a photographer and I know I talked about it today about work being too personal not selling Yeah, is that something could you speak to that how do you sell your work is it do you sell your work I do sell my work, but there are some things that I feel like I'm so deeply connected to, like people might, might not even ever see it, which is sad, you know, because it's like some good shit. Um, I think eventually, like once I'm able to like kind of detach myself a little bit from it, like I will sell it, but there are some pieces that are really um, important to me. Not many though. Most of them I will, you know, I will sell. But to most of my work, I will sell. But there are some pieces that I just hold kind of close. Um, I guess I'm waiting for the right time, mm-hmm. and I just don't. It's like whenever my spirit speaks to tell me like it's okay to release this thing, or <laughs> or like or like something is happening that is aligned with that that I feel like is purposeful enough for me to contribute that to. Then then like you know I can contribute that piece. Has has the personal nature of the work stopped you from, or the pieces that are personal to you, like that you've sold or mm-hmm. that you've you know put up for view or to be sold? Has the fact that they've been so personal stopped people from purchasing them? Or no, because you know, no, because personal for me could be like me taking a picture of a little boy sitting on the porch with his grandmother. Me being raised with my grandmother, yeah, that's personal. Like it's, um, it's a deep connection, and so you know. But if somebody else can identify with that, then it speaks. You know, it speaks to them, and you know, I get it. You know, I, I feel like they wouldn't purchase it unless it spoke to them in some way. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, I think photography is different from painting in that way. A lot of times, also yeah. drawing and painting, like drawing and painting, like. The pieces, actually, I think it, it, it kind of works the same in a lot of different media that like the pieces that are that you're most proud of are the pieces that people don't like. <laughs> or when you put the most work into it. Yeah, yeah. Or like the yeah. pieces that you like, oh, God, I hate this shit. Yeah. Somebody bought it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's yeah. the first one to go for the most right. money too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think there's that element, but also is photography and and um, painting and drawing are different in that like the personal work created in photography like you said a lot of times isn't necessarily I don't know it's it's viewed differently mm-hmm. it's viewed differently because it's a photograph mm-hmm. um, but let me ask you this have you have you yet run into those people that are like why would I buy your photograph like I could take that picture myself or have you heard anything to that to that effect? Have they said it to your face? That's a lot of No. And if they were, I would be like, well, do you. You know what I mean? Like, that, <laughs> that wouldn't offend me at all. Like, you know, one of my teachers, 
the Palo Blaze at Morgan State University. Man, she was so dope. She she introduced me to art in a way that I'd never even like thought about being introduced to art. And she said, "There's no bad work. <clears throat> it's just it's just like being seen by the right person." Yeah. And like the right person could see your shit, and it would be like, boom, overnight. You know, you like you blow up. And so, you know, if you feel like you can take that picture, cool, do your thing. You know, like it doesn't bother me at all. Because at the end of the day, and I rebel reminded me, and she's like, you got to do your work for yourself. Mm-hmm. It can't. I, I I don't shoot for anybody but me. If you like it, great. If you don't, cool. It's not for your ass anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, this shit is like this is the personal journey, and I and I use photos as I as I journey. And if you, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just a plus if you cool with it and you like it and you admire it. That's great. You know. So, how do you define success for yourself as a Damn. Wow. Shit. Um, how do I define? Mm. <clears throat> so damn extra. And I ask this for context is that some people are like, oh, you know, can you sell a million dollar photograph or if it's money or is it how often you're booked or. Like, what is success for I mean, if I'm being honest, ultimately, yeah, man, I would love people to see my work around the world. Mm-hmm. You so know, visibility? To be, to, yeah, visibility. Um, to be in spaces where I could only dream about being, you know, to have my work seen by people who I thought I could never be in front of. Like, that is success, but also success is like, it's like, I think that's like, dream or like top tier if that happened cool but it's so many different levels to the success that happens uh in between that like inspiring other people to pick up a camera like i was in cuny homes it's the projects over here in third war and so i was taking pictures of these kids and then i gave them my camera and they shot me like one of those boys i'll never forget that was father and they all were able to see me through the lens in which I see them. That's success for me. You know what I'm saying? Like giving them the opportunity to tap into something that they necessarily wouldn't, wouldn't have done before. And so I think it's just levels, you know, levels to it. Success is it's just different. But it, it varies. Yeah. So what's been your most crowning achievement thus far in your career? Um, I would say most recently would probably be having my having a film like people don't know me as a cinematographer. You know, they know me as a photographer. In my mind I'm a cinematographer. I was a cinematographer, but you know, at the same rate I was a photographer, but nobody ever seen work. So I would say, you know, creating a film that showed a project Girl House round forty seven and then allowing seeing the feedback and then also having that film shown in the museum of fine arts for me that was like it was just a i feel like it was a uh guy saying hey my nigga listen to yourself 
Because when God talked to me, he Because that's how God, yeah, yeah. God be yeah. like, my nigga, fuck, yeah. motherfucker. That's how God talked to me. So it was like God said, hey, my nigga, like, keep listening to yourself. That's me, by the way. Keep pushing. You know, like, you know. <laughs> that's me, the, by the way. Yeah. You know, and so that was. <laughs> oh. That, that is that, that moment at the Museum of Fine Arts. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a country nigga from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And how dare me allow, like, uh, how dare me be in a space that I never thought I'd be in. So, and I just, I hope, like, I'm not, I'm not even, I hope, I'm going to speak to this. And it's just one of many things to come. Yeah, absolutely. I say. You better, you better say that, man. Yeah. Shit. Because I actually, now that I'm making the connection. Go for it. I don't know who we were talking about, but we were talking about Brian showing at the Museum of Fine Arts. Yeah, we were going. We were, we were supposed that. to meet. Yeah, we were supposed to be going to see that. I forgot what happened. Oh, but um, you know, two my, children. One of the things okay. that yeah. I am learning on my uh, journey is my apprehension to engaging art in the ways that I wanted to. Is I never felt welcome in the spaces. Mm. Um, because my my personal goal is I want to be an art collector. Okay. Um, that's that's what this journey is. Hell yeah. yeah. I know we didn't we didn't give the backstory of how I ended up yeah. posting it, but that is my journey is I want yeah. to learn yeah. about art so that I can become a well informed art, art collector. Oh dope. Um what did when the opportunity to present in Museum of Fine Arts Houston presented itself, what did it mean to you as a as a black man, as a black creator? Did you feel like I'm about to come in here and blacken the place up or <laughs> Listen, what and he's then, about to tell y'all is everything that was internal. Because when I talked to him, he was like, "Oh man, you know it ain't shit, man." You know what I'm saying? No, I, I, like, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be extremely be honest with you. I'm gonna tell you the absolute truth. I wore my "You Are Enough" shirt because I had to tell myself a bazillion times before I got there that you deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. And as I'm sitting there, because they had three films to be shown. Um, the brother that I'm sitting next to graduated from Stanford. He went to school at NYU to study film. The other sister, she went to some really dope school, studied film, and like did this. She did this whole thing with I don't know if she studied film, but she did her thing with um with animation, right? Mm-hmm. And their films were like super long and like, and I'm like, why the fuck am I sitting here? Mm-hmm. And it was like this really deep insecure moment. Of like, and my God, God was like, "See, nigga, you don't get it. <laughs> you don't get it. So you were you you so caught up in where they went and what they did that you don't see that your black ass sitting right next to him. Let that be. Keep doing your work. And so it was a scary. It was it, it was scary. I had to I had to push through like being insecure about where I was." how I was and, you know, uh, comparing myself, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. And at the end of the day, I allowed God to supersede any type of uh, insecurity that I was having with myself. And I was like extremely proud and happy, man. I was, I was happy to be there. I was happy that, you know, my friends, um, Rebecca came, um, my uncle and auntie. See, this is the thing. My family don't know what the fuck I do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like no idea. So my uncle, my great uncle, my great aunt, my grandmother's sister, and her husband came, and they were like, "So what the fuck? Like, you know, we puzzled. 
And so somebody. Um, and so yeah, that was uh, it was just a beautiful moment. It was cool. Yeah. Thank you. I'm I'm glad you're honest about that because you 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 severely downplayed that shit when I when I was like, hey man, we're gonna try to make it. I think we're gonna be there. You like, oh man, if y'all don't show up, man, that's cool. Well, I'm not, <laughs> because I, this is the thing, bro. I'm there, but you've always been here for me. You know, like you're my brother. So if you're there or not, I know if you can't make it, you just can't make it. It was that. So that was me downplaying. It was like, nigga, I know you with me in spirit. If you even not there, so it's all good. He makes it sound like I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> so. I yeah. love his brother. Hey, wear your picture in my locket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry guys, yeah. sorry. This is just this is this is what happens when uh, Brian, actually, this is tame. It's actually tame. It we is. Can tell you, that. This is pretty tame. Another conversation before we started recording. That was tame. That was. That was yeah. tame. Like, we're we're terrible. Um, so let me. Let, I'm a, I'm gonna hit you. Well, no, what, what's up? Go ahead. Niggas on the podcast today. You have, you yeah. have, and that's Ch- fine. Challenge accepted. That's yeah, fine. Right. <laughs> challenge, challenge accepted. That's one of my favorite words. Yeah. Um, let's not let's not accept the challenge because <laughs> again, as we say on the intro, we are not excluded. Okay, so yeah. that means you can't be. I mean, everybody can't say it on the. Oh yeah. yeah. I, well, let's make that clear. Yeah. Okay, it's not a challenge for yeah. everybody. Hello. Hello. <laughs> We love y'all though. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, question. Speaking to that, when I said um, we were talking before about what it meant for you to be showing your work in the Museum of Fine Arts, and it changed my perspective about you know black artists in the Museum of Fine Arts. I've been in that museum a million times. A lot of times I'm like, ah, these exhibits don't speak to me. How do we? How do you think that we? And I say we just as I'm in. I'm interjecting myself into the art community, but how do we make those spaces more welcoming to Black people so that they feel like they, even if they're not an artist, they feel like they belong there so that they consume, they can consume the art. That's a good question. That's all right. Fifty cent, twenty more questions. Can I can I can I point yes. this out though? I yeah. wanna no no no. You're gonna answer the question. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out the fact that like the funny thing is a lot of these spaces are actually trying. Yeah. Like they're they're they actively they trying. Know. They're yeah. actively trying, but the issue is that like Do they have the right people trying? Exactly. Like that's <laughs> that's kind of the thing. Or like, how are you trying? Are you going out and talking to people? And like, you know, from my experience, you know, I, I used to work with a clothing company and wanted to uh, doing the marketing and the way that I would find out information was to actually go talk to people. Mm-hmm. Like people like to sit online and, you know, go ask people that do the same thing that they do. That's done it successfully. But the problem with that is like, you still don't know the full context of where that place is or of who those people are or all of the research that they did. Cause some people, if they're working in your industry, they don't want to hand you, they trade secrets. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it just is what it is. Um, so I think a lot of times what happens is you find people who are, who don't understand how to talk to the people that they want to engage. And that's a problem. Like how the hell do you expect to get people that you don't connect with in these doors? Yeah. You know, um, I think, you know, uh, for me, 
I'll give I'll give my own. I swear, God, this is the loudest day ever. I, I, it's beautiful though. I love it, man. I love it. It's like it's it, it, you're cooking them dead pork chops. Like, <laughs> but yo, but guess what though? The people at the museums and the and the galleries they don't know how to talk to the people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. because they feel like oh these people don't want to be here or they don't they don't deserve to be here maybe or whatever it may be. But I feel like you know these. You got to approach people the way that they want to be approached, mm-hmm. not the way that you want to approach them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and to speak to that, I think it's important when you're trying to introduce, and I said this is for, as someone who, my parents always took me to museums. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I've always... Shout out to your parents. Shout yeah, out. shout out to them. That is how they kept me from destroying the house. Okay. They always took me to museums. So, but there's an assumption when I took my art history class and I had my white art history teachers trying mm. to make me connect that they're like, oh, she's rejecting it. It was because I was going into these spaces and I didn't see things that I wanted to see. Or yeah. Because I, uh, I remember yeah. my art history teacher from high school, her name was Miss Bear. God bless her soul. She really was passionate about getting us into the art. But she always made the assumption that we didn't know anything about it. Yeah. We didn't have any context. So she took her money and was like, I'm going to take them to the Manila collection. We had an art history day or art museum day. And I was like, I've been to this museum a million fucking times. I was a, yeah. ter- I was a terrible teenager. Just that is not the average teenager, but, though. But I, but that was yeah. the thing is that that's I got her intent, so that's why I went. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Mom, mm-hmm. can we sign this mm-hmm. form? But what her intent was was like, I want to get them to the museum so they appreciate it. Yeah. And she was heartbroken because a lot of the few of us that went, we enjoyed art. That's why we're in the fucking classes. Why we went yeah. on a field trip. But when we got there, I was like, how many people, how many times do I gotta see the Venus de Milo? Like, I, I know what it is. It's cool or whatever, but it's, I don't, yeah. I don't wanna keep coming back to this space because I don't feel like there's it something that's. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. If we're doing a museum visit, I'm gonna call the museum ahead of time and I'm gonna say, look, this is the top. They're not gonna collect to the, connect to this work that doesn't reflect when the information connects to us culturally, yes. right? So if you have a bunch of black listening or if anyone who knows Toyin Oji Odetola, please tell her we would like from Latin American countries, from the African diaspora who work there and pull out some of that. Okay, you have a lot of black students, cool. Listen, we're gonna show them the African collection yeah. and then relevant to their culture. Yeah. So, and a lot of times that's evident you don't have that context. That moment came full circle <laughs> to me when I saw Kehinde. I don't memorize it, mm-hmm. yeah. but seeing Jay Z mm-hmm. portrayed in yeah. a Renaissance style. Absolutely. Because you can't say there's black artists not doing these stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing, I'm across the tracks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. She's calling us old because she, Raquel, graduated high school. How old were you when you graduated high school, Rocky? 16. Okay. So a lot of these collectors, like they're not necessarily, like they're, they're, they still come from these same avenues Mm -hmm. that a lot of these white collectors come from right they just happen to change shade so so it's still the art that you value it's still yeah it's still the same type of people buying work they're just different colors a lot of times a lot of times i'm not saying again i don't want to generalize i don't want to say everybody but you know you have your swiss beats you have your your uh amari stoudemires right i don't know a lot of these people i know of those two because they are you know one say, made the music that we listened to. Amari Stoudemire, you know, he yeah. played ball. He's about the same age as my brother. Like, that's actually how I first came across his name, like NBA stuff, right? Um, but, you know, I, I think it's important that we're we're 
giving this culture to the people that a lot of times the work is made for and about, right? So like for Brian, I think like, and this is just me, you know what I'm saying? I think you are enough experience where you put a day on a day in a tray on the screen at night in the middle of third war so people can come by and see that. Hello. You know what I'm saying? Like Hello. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hello. Maybe we That's need to the do... whole fucking thing about this what you guys are talking about <laughs> is that these babies need I, not even the babies. Not even the babies. People, man. They parents. Well, well, um, people, they need to be exposed to the art to what is tangible for them to touch. Yes. And it also represents them. So that they can be like, oh yeah, like it's a it's a mind fuck, it's a mind shift happening at that moment. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like I I think that's important. Like you know, so many of these people, you know, at the MFA and the CAM and things like that, they do dope ass events where they are, but they don't bring the art to the people all the time. You know what I'm saying? They, I'm not gonna say they never do it, but a lot of times they don't. You know what I'm saying? Like why can't why can't we go literally go out into the community? And do like, of course, you can't bring any of the Monets, Manets, Picassos, and things like that. They need to be in a in a climate controlled environment. But why not partner with with local artists, right, to do installations around the communities where they're from, right? How dope would it be for Robert Hodge, Anthony mm-hmm. Suber, Rebea Bain? Oh, Nathaniel Donnay. Oh, man, man, I love Donnay, bro. <laughs> Donnay, he That's does some dope daddy. stuff. He does some dope <laughs> stuff. Hey, Donnay, I love you, man. You're kind of weird, but I, I really enjoy I that. I enjoy that about you. I enjoy yes. that about you. <laughs> but now, like, you know, think about it. All these people that we have right here in Houston and from Houston, you know what I'm saying, that are spread out around the world. Why can't we do a, a, a community show? Yeah. Why can't we get somebody to sponsor some steel and some glass to put these installations yeah. around different parts of the city yeah. so people can go and see the work. Yeah. Right? And it be protected from the elements, but people can still interact with it. Yeah. We're gonna make that right? Happen. Like you know what I'm saying? It. And it's like yeah. MFA, holla at me. I will get you right. Cam, yeah. holla at me. I will get you right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We'll figure yeah. this out. We'll figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah. But I'll put that degree to work to social you, you know what I'm saying? You know what? Actually, y'all don't worry about it. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got y'all. Sunny Control. Sunny Control. We, we got, got y'all. We, it's kicking a <laughs> Thank you for your service. We got it from here. Uh, <laughs> but that's that was my answer to your question about uh, what exactly your question was about. Uh, Brian. <laughs> which, I, yeah, Brian. So why don't you answer that, man? Sorry, guys. It's Brian. It's all about questions. Question. How, how do we make those spaces more accessible and inviting where... Oh, like the Museum of Fine Arts. We reverse We're, it. We reverse it. Okay. You about to ask me a question? No, we oh. reverse it. Oh, we reverse it. We we do what Mark said. We make them come to us. You make them come to us. Like we create an experience in the community that we want people to experience. Mm-hmm. That is a reflection of them because that is what they will connect with and. Also, you have, I mean, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs of like, I, and I'm not going to pretend to know of how the museums go about picking their art and picking their artists, but they need to have work that also represents, you know, those people. And, you know, you feeling welcome in a space like that, I think, was uh, 
has something to do with you not feeling connected to the work because you didn't see yourself. Can, in any way, shape, or form. I feel yeah. like I, I I want to take a step back for a second though, because I have to. We we have to acknowledge, you know, Rick Lowe and Project Row House. Yeah, yeah. We have that's to. That's yeah, yeah. Cause <laughs> no, shout out to Project. Shout you know, the fuck out to Project Row House, Brian <laughs> Dennis, Rick Lowe, everybody. Yeah, and yeah. but we also got to we also got to holler at, at uh, 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 diverse works, partly Philip Pyle. And, and, and Robert Hodge for Beauty Robert Box. Hodge, Beauty, Bo- Beauty Box was dope That's as shit. That's what I'm saying. Um, like, we got some niggas. These things are happening. Yeah, and the thing. Up in the community. Isn't like, it a matter of putting yeah. more resources behind them? Yes, like, absolutely. That's what it is. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, you know. Because Project Row House does their do. I mean, they have absolutely. black parties. They have, yeah. I mean, you know, like, they I are their putting bus in the tour work. To go see That's what I'm. The fucking the bus tour <laughs> for the community, cuz. I think. It was a really. Yo. Taking kids to the Smithsonian? Yeah. So this kids one, in the neighborhood to the fucking Smithsonian? Yeah. What? Hello? Yeah. I think I Sorry. think a, a lot of times we we lean to places like Museum of Fine Arts and CAM and and stuff like that because they have the resources, right? They have the big beautiful buildings and things like that. But it's like we, you know, it's so funny like it, when Brian said for the people by the people I was laughing in my head because I'm thinking, oh, so your shit FUBU now? And, you know, I'm just being stupid. But at the same time, like, FUBU, FUBU, as much as we look back on FUBU and we like, yo, those clothes are trash. The message, the message of the clothing was important, right? And still is important. And I think, you know, for black and brown people alike and everyone who's been marginalized, it's up to us to do to to be the answer, right? Yeah. You know how how do we Ooh. answer our problems? We we make and create <laughs> we make and create those uh those those solutions and answers, right? So I think I think it's very important to acknowledge to acknowledge the people that are doing that. Um. So uh, uh while I I do think that you know them getting people in their doors is important. Um, I think it's important that we create the buildings that we in the places, create the buildings and create the experiences in the places where the people are. I think that's very important. Um, yeah. So there's that. Uh, so what's next for you? Um, what's next for me is I'm working on the project. <clears throat> what's, what's next for me is I'm working on the project. Um, Todd Unmasculinity. Uh, I was given a grant through the Idea Fund. Unmasculinity? Unmasculinity. And the project uh, is having conversations with um, different black men about what masculinity means, what does vulnerability look like to you, um, how do we go about exploring our emotions. And also, really, for me, I think it's more about like redefining what masculinity is because I feel like in our community, um, it's not the most healthiest uh, version of what that looks like. And I think that we have these ideas that are bullshit. And so, yeah. And then I have a, um, I have work that's going to be up. Um, it's called Church Shoes. Uh, it's going to be at Art League in the summer of 2019. And so those are the two things that I'm uh, currently working on. Mm-hmm. 
Where can people find you, man? You can find me at my Instagram at Pluto Lens, the vegan photographer. That's your whole handle? Yeah, yes. Pluto Lens, the vegan photographer. It is long as shit. It's like. long. <laughs> and so, and. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> So is my vocabulary. Um, I'm such so, an idiot. Man. Yeah, Pluto is a vegan photographer. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. And yeah. in closing, my closing question is: When you are in the art history books years from now, what do you want the what do you want the takeaway to be? You better speak into my life, Raquel. Damn That's no. what you better do I'm, right now. Can when we, I'm, listen, in, the, when I'm in the history book, yes, but can, can we let's. You don't, you don't oh, no, 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 I, no, I, I love that question. I love that question. I want him to think about it within a certain canon, right? So for Brian, you got to use, for Brian, you got to use the words that Brian like use that's, that might make him cry because he cry baby. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> uh, you know, I love you, bro. I love y'all, man. For Listen, sure. I just want to say on the record, y'all about to blow the fuck up. Man. <laughs> like, everything. Like, I you received guys it. are dope. And I really appreciate this, uh, this experience, you made me cry. <laughs> and I, I haven't, you know, like that was, I wasn't expecting to in real life, but that really, you know, you guys took me to a space. We need this sometimes, man. And it was really awesome. I have a checklist of things really... I want to accomplish on the podcast, and making a guest cry is one of them. So oh, okay. Thank you for well, that. no, screw you. Yeah. Thank screw you, you guys. You know, yeah, in all you. honesty, though, I thought that might happen in one way or another. Because, um, whether it was Brian or whether it was myself, that was the catalyst for it, or for on the receiving end, a little know. bit, yeah, a little Martin's bit. It was a thug tear, cuz. Yeah. I mean, it, it was could a be thug tear. We out here dropping, we out here dropping thug, thug tears. tears. Yada, yeah. I mean, yada, yeah. <laughs> nah, but like I kind of figured that because, like, you know, uh, family is family, mm-hmm. absolutely right. But like in in life, especially as adults, man, like it's kind of. It's interesting making friends as adults. Oh, you can't just go to the nah. sandbox. You know what I'm like, saying? Yeah. Hey, you're my friend. Yeah. No. But I met I met this dude when I was 25, man. Oof. I, yeah. No. 25? Yeah. No. No. 26. 26. 26. Same thing. Right? Met this guy when I was 26, man. And like, what my life, what I thought my life was going to be at that moment. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> versus how it ended up <laughs> in that next two years. And, 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 you know, other decisions that were made subsequently. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was big for me, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was also big for Brian. Like, the things that was going on with him in that mm-hmm. moment as well. Um, like, that was big. And, you know, we, I think we kind of process those things the same, hoping for, we hope for the best, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're two big idiots that like to laugh and joke, right? Two big kids. <laughs> and you know we we wear our emotions mm-hmm. not on our sleeve on our face like we're like, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna yeah, see it you're, yeah. you're gonna see it all yeah. right and I think you know for us it, it some of that is like not giving people the power to 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 make us be those people that we used to be mm. right but then also like on, evolving Mark. evolving into the people that we are now. Right. And it's been a crazy road. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And all the way up until was that Kareem joint was last weekend? Yeah. Two weekends. So two weekends ago, we go to mutual friends, uh, get together for his clothing company. And like this dude, we at our homeboys event and he hyping me up. 
mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Telling me, yo, man, what you're doing is beautiful. You're, you're intelligent. Own that shit. Own the fact that you're dope and what you're doing is dope. So I'm going to own that shit, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where you We're going to keep doing it. We're going we gonna to get some dope events popping, you know, doing the things that we really want to do, right? Like, I want to create more also. I'm working on that. Yeah. Okay, what, I'm working on that. What is, what, is, what is this, bro? That's true. That's true. And this? you know, my brother said that to me. He was like, "This is like, you know, this it's, is it's art." Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I get that. that art. It's not in a box. It's so <laughs> yeah. many things. But you know, it's hard for me. It's hard the for me. Art of conversation. It's still hard for me the to see that this is a as a as a the art of learning. Yeah, mm. but it's hard. It's still hard for me to see it as an art project, right? Because that's how my brother kind of sees it, right? Like each each episode. Is a piece, Ooh. right? And <laughs> where's the collection? <laughs> like each episode is a piece, and I'm creating a body of work mm-hmm. called the Different. arts explanatory comma, right? And it, it may be collaborative, mm-hmm. whatever, but you know what comes from it is the same as you know gathering those thoughts and putting them on you know whatever ground you're this using. This is the most commitment I'm, I'm, I can. Yeah, this I, is the only commitment I can commit to. Listen, man, <laughs> listen. I'm, I, I, it's crazy because I'm also getting all this energy from the artists that we're talking to, yeah. right? And it's making me think more and want to create more and making that. sure that I'm putting things yeah. down. Yeah. And I hope that, I hope that everybody out there is still getting something from it. And I hope the more y'all get from it and, you know, I understand we all over the place, man, but give us some grace, dog. This is what, episode five? Episode five, you know what I'm saying? Like we 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 just getting we just getting started. We're definitely learning. Yeah, yeah, we're just getting started. So sometimes the audio might be a little weird. You know, you might hear some sounds in the background. We're gonna get it together though. Okay, we're gonna get it together. But in the meantime, we're gonna bring y'all some dope shit. We're gonna bring y'all some dope artists so y'all can learn about their work. Hopefully y'all learn more about, you know, creating, you know, the processes of creating. You learn more about collecting, you learn more about, you know finding your own comfortability because it's not about those people giving you permission to go in their spaces as you know the 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 sensei Rebea told us mm-hmm. <laughs> that, she, she mothers artists all throughout the third world like listen Rebea is that person Rebea Bayin our our conversation was like a hug from a grandmother from my yeah. art grandmother. Like it, it made me feel great. Yeah. Like it is amazing. And yeah. you know, it so I, I hope that everybody's getting something from this. Um and we're gonna continue to try and do things. Well, not we're not gonna try because to try is an excuse from a fa- for failure. We're going to continue Got that from the homies. We're gonna continue doing this thing and and you know, bringing y'all the information that y'all want. So interact with us. <laughs> Our Instagram, arts explanatory comma dot com. And the site actually is up now. So you can go to explanatorycomma.com and uh, fill out the contact form if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that. Even if you want to talk shit, that's cool because I'm good at that. So you'll get something back, I promise. Uh, (laughs) But proceed with caution. I call myself. Please do. Engage Mark. Say, man. And I just decided against it. Yeah. I just let him have it. I've got no chill. He doesn't. Any, <laughs> absolutely not. Nope. No. Not at all. Nope. Thank I wouldn't you. have chill in that article. No. Better get it. <laughs> anyway, uh, with, thank you so much. With for all that. of that said, Brian, thank you. Thank you. Thank guys. you. My brother from another mother who loves my mother like she your mother. Uh, he really does. He loves my mom. Oh, 
I mean, your mom's there. And my mom says you need to bring them babies by. <laughs> she always says that. Where them babies? <laughs> well, how you doing, too? <laughs> but yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Um, and thank you all out there for listening on behalf of Raquel Simone. And, and I think on behalf of myself, Raquel Simone. And myself. Mark They're gonna start confusing our voices if you do that. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be amazing. Like, oh, I thought you, I thought you was Mark. I thought, oh, okay, that's, oh, I guess that makes sense. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thank y'all for listening, and as always, peace, peace. <laughs>